Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is a fresh look at API security. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Roy Eliahu, CEO with Salt Security. Roy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Tom. Roy, before we get started, take just a moment to introduce yourself to our audience, please. So I'm Roy Eliahu. I'm co-founder and CEO of Salt Security, an API security company. And just as a quick background about myself, I was born and raised in Israel, currently based out of Palo Alto, California. And uh, my security background coming from serving for a number of years in the Israeli elite cybersecurity units, where I led development of cybersecurity products from a defensive perspective for the military infrastructure and government infrastructure as well. And after that, doing several security roles and really seeing how kind of APIs becoming one of the largest attack vectors before founding Salt. Well, well said. As you say, APIs are huge vectors these days. Digital platforms are increasingly a part of our lives. We depend on them from work, entertainment, banking, to seeing the doctor. For organizations, they're a critical way to continue to connect with customers and drive revenue. What would you describe as the role that APIs now play in the digital platforms? Yeah, you know, Tom, it's a, it's a great question uh, because I think some people have misconception about w- what is an API. And normally, typically think about APIs as the nicely documented APIs you have for pulling certain data or when you integrate to Stripe. The truth is that APIs are powering all of the innovation in the world. If you think about mobile apps, right, our banking apps, you, you know, you log into Amazon to order any products, you log into your email, anything that you do, right, is through API. So mobile apps, web applications, right, you go to your laptop, and, and again, from a personal perspective, you have your own consumer products, but also if you think about from a you know, professional standpoint, when you go to your CRM, you have platforms or uh, application that you can access as part of your work. You have also APIs to integrate to companies and pull information, right? You have insurance company that, or financial companies are exposing APIs for partners to pull and to share information. And that's only on the external facing side. If you think about the internal side of the company, we also saw a huge growth of APIs internally because you see how today we are breaking down the monolith application to microservices. So now you have a lot of external facing APIs to all of those clients, but also internally you have a lot of microservices communicating with each other through APIs. So that's why we see, if you look at the graph of growth of APIs in the last two years, you can see an exponential growth because of all of those reasons. And of course, I'll just add that, you know, all of our sensitive data going through those APIs. Uh, obviously, if it's financials, if it's healthcare, seeing your doctor today, obviously remote, to your email, to your video processing, all this data is accessible through APIs. Roy, how would you say that API-based applications are different from traditional applications? And what are the implications for security? Traditional applications are built completely differently. So if you think about the evolution of kind of uh, applications, you start with the traditional applications. They were the, the website you used to know that you have a client side was a desktop, right? A browser and ask for a certain website. So what happens is that you had the server that rendered all the data into a single HTML page that contains all the data 
and the browser will simply display it, right? It was very simple, very static, but then, you know, over time, we had more and more clients. Suddenly we have smartphones, we have smart TVs, we have companies want to share information. So instead of building multiple applications with the same functionality, APIs were invented to be the, the single source of data. So instead of having, you know, only one source, now you have, or only one client that consume uh, HTML in that case, currently you have APIs that any device, any client can access. If it's a web, if it's a mobile, if it's an IoT, or if it's another company want to pull the data without logging to an application, just programmatically. So th that's the major difference between these two. So Roy Gartner sees API attacks on the rise and predicts them to be the top threat vector by 2022, and that could be a conservative estimate. How would you say the attackers have shifted their attention to APIs, and what do the attacks look like today? Yes, and you know, uh, Tom, I absolutely agree with this statement. That's the reason why we found it all, because if you think about what make a certain vector a critical vector or a critical attack vector and what attacker is focusing on, so you have one component is how valuable is the data, how valuable is the price, right? And secondarily, is how easy to get the price, right? And if you have those two components, just those two factors are, are high, so that would be the first vector they will attack. And if you look at APIs, look at the facts, you know, APIs contains the most sensitive data that we have, all the financials, all of our, all of our data. You know, if, it, if it's video conferencing, it's all of our recording, audio, Zoom, if it's a banking app, so all the financial data, if it's healthcare, it's all of the healthcare data, if it's e-commerce and so on. So you have very high, very sensitive data in, uh, in APIs. And if you look how easy it is, it's very easy because APIs are accessible to the internet. By definition, you know, they were built so different clients can pull information from. So for attackers, they don't need internal access to the company to start probing and looking for weaknesses. They can simply start and probing the APIs and look for weaknesses. If they find one, they pull the information out. And that's why you see high-profile uh, breaches like Facebook, like uh, USPS, like Panera Bread, like Google, that you see tens of millions of user records were leaked through an API without the security team were uh, aware of that just after the fact. Roy, talk to me about what you're seeing organizations do to protect their APIs. What works? What doesn't work? So it's, it's an interesting question because, you know, if you look at the type of the attacks, is are also completely changed, right? Attacks that were common five to 10 years ago are not common uh, now for application and APIs. Because of the uniqueness of every API, because you need an API for ordering products versus transferring money in a, in a banking app, uh, it's completely different business case. So also the logic behind the scenes are very different. So attackers shifted so that attacks look like more logic-based attack. They target the unique logic of every APIs. And today, you know, companies are still being educated about how to properly protect their APIs. Today they are, you know, have their WAF that, you know, that was there from the traditional web application time. And uh, some of them have API management solution to expose API and to manage those. And definitely, you know, we see that as that all of the attacks, the most common, the top attacks for APIs are simply go under the radar, even if you have a WAF or API management, just because the way they built and their architecture, which is a proxy base is not built 
and were not designed to protect APIs. Roy, you mentioned API management. Of course, lots of organizations use API management solutions that have API security features, and yet we're still seeing high-profile breaches in the headlines. What's the disconnect? Yes, you know, when you think uh, why, you know, what's the function, what's the security, what are the security functions of API management? There is three main security functions. One is encryption. You can add encryption. Today, it's also common, you know, adding those and load balancers as well. That's one. Secondarily, you have authentication authorization you can configure through an API management. And thirdly, you have rate limiting, which you can also manually configure. Now, if you look at the attacks for APIs, all of the attacks are more logic-based. And API management, since, you know, just to see how it was architected. So if you think about API management is a proxy that sits in line, look at every request and do simple checks for if it goes uh, above the rate limit, secondarily, if uh, it has the right key, right, the authentication piece or the right authorization piece, if it was configured, and it takes the entire payload of the request, the entire parameters, and just forward them as is to the back end. And most attacks relies in those parameters. So they're basically blind to these attacks. And just to give you an analogy, just to make it a little bit more easier to understand, if you think about a company as a building, and all the doors and windows are APIs. Now, tomorrow you want to open a new door, a new entrance to the building. So you will use an API management to create a door. Maybe it will create the door. It will even put the lock. And it will give you a key and says, anyone that has the key can go in. Right? So that's an API management. But it will not tell you when somebody's coming and try to break the door, right? come with a hammer, try to break the door and get in, you know, the, the lock will not alert you or anything. It's, it's, it's not smart lock right it's simply a lock so salt in that context will be the monitoring system that is more advanced more smart is actually using our architecture and our big data architecture able to get to a very deep context to what is the unique logic of each api to know that something is anomalous or malicious to this specific api and that's how it's uh, more beyond verifying if somebody has the right key. I'm glad you mentioned your architecture because I know at SALT you've got a unique patented architecture. Talk a little bit more. Why is that important to API security and how does that make your solution different in this marketplace? Yes, that's uh, an excellent question because I think that's the key to uh, understand how you can do proper or real solution for API security. Because up until recently, it was impossible to develop an API security solution, a true one that actually protect against all the top 10 that OWASP has defined as the new top 10 for API security. The reason why it was impossible, because uh, as I mentioned, every API is a very unique logic. And if you look at the top 10 for uh, in OWASP, and I'll emphasize that's the OWASP for API security, which was released only this year for the first time and not the traditional web top 10 in OWASP. And if you look at those, you'll see every one of those attack vectors are very targeted to the logic of the API. Means that a solution that needs to protect the API, it needs also to have a very deep context to how this specific API is being accessed and what is, is specific logic. Now, proxy-based uh, uh, solutions like WRAF, like API gateways, or anything that is proxy-based, is limited by the architecture to inspect calls on the fly 
and to, you know, because it needs to have a very good performance. It cannot create a lot of latency. You can inspect a request for, you know, a few milliseconds and just passing forward, but it cannot analyze because of this limited architecture. It cannot analyze, you know, hundreds or billions of API calls of every unique API to get a very deep context to the API. And it also cannot correlate between different events happening over time because API attacks are definitely low and slow in order to kind of assemble the big picture um, that it's an attack and this is the specific type of attack. So in 20, around 2015, big data became more common, more uh, mature technology that you can actually uh, deploy in production. And we leveraged this you know, new technology with AI to get to a very deep context to learn in a very granular details, what is each and every API unique logic in order, first of all, to detect all the newer attacks, which is the majority of attacks today, but also to correlate the dots because APIs are not just one call or one specific attack. You need to correlate the multiple events over time from coming from a single user to say, okay, this is an attack. So because we are not limited on a single machine as a proxy and we have the power of big data, we have the, the ability to track millions of users in parallel and to have a full context of all the actions coming from the same user to know this user is an actual attacker and then take an action and block them. Roy, some closing thoughts. We've talked an awful lot about defenses and while stopping attacks is important, what else should people consider when building a strategy to protect their APIs? Yes, I think preventing or only detecting attacks for APIs, it's not, it's not sufficient because first of all, you need to know what to protect, right? You cannot protect what you don't know. So the first step in API security is to have a full API discovery. Now, some people can refer API discovery as a kind of generally cataloging what application they have. That's not the case. For protecting APIs, you need to have a very detailed, granular discovery that goes from the API host to the endpoints to the parameters what's being sent on, on the payload of calls the, and the responses, get very deep in order to understand your entire attack surface. Without it, uh, it's impossible to have the proper security reviews, it's impossible to implement the, the, the right strategy. So first of all, you need to have a very granular discovery that also is not static. It's not a snapshot in time. You cannot expect documentation to will meet the discovery requirements because APIs tend to change more and more. You know, developer over time, become more agile, right? That you have more version being released to production and it's something that's owned by dev. Uh, and that actually works against security, right? You have more changes, so more potential gaps. So you need to have a dynamic discovery that in real time, when there is a new API, a new change, and sensitive data is being exposed, the security team knows about it in real time and can prevent a breach uh, that happened because of that, like we saw in many other incidents. And that's the first component. Then you have the prevention, of course, to detect all of the attacks and to block attackers. But then you have a last component that is missing, and it's a remediation component. Because in APIs, it's a little bit different uh, about how you remediate compared to other security tools. Because normally security teams has the ownership to also to remediate, right? If you have a vulnerability in operation system, they can simply patch the system, right? They can do the fix and to remediate. In, in the API case, they need the developers to remediate because they are not going to do any code changes. So they need to communicate to development where there are vulnerabilities and how they should fix them 
and you need to facilitate this communication in the most effective way because it's something that is agile and always you find more gaps in your APIs. So our last module uh, in SALT, we have a remediation module that besides only blocking attackers, is also communicating through Jira tickets, through Bugzilla tickets, or any other ticketing system, what API vulnerabilities exist based on the attacks that occurred in production and allows security team to streamline it to developers so they can fix them and make sure the APIs has the best security posture. And just to kind of, you know, going back to my analogy earlier with the building and the door, the prevention, right, the discovery will help you to map all the doors and windows, all the entrances to the company. And you'll be surprised how many doors and windows are unknown to companies today. The prevention will help to detect if somebody tried to break in and to try to create a hole in the, in the door and go through the hole. But if you block the attacker and didn't fix the small hole that he opened in the door, it will come back in a different identity and it will continue where he left. So the remediation module is the last module that will tell you in this specific door, you have this specific crack that you need to fix. And then you block and then you remediate. So when the attacker comes uh, with a different identity and different account, it will already be sealed. Roy, very well said. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you for having me. Again, we've been talking about a fresh look at API security. I've been speaking with Roy Eliahu, CEO of Salt Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.